Think again, my friend. Episode 5. Heteronormativity and its discontents. Contains explicit content. What are you listening to for the next half hour? Think again, my friend. The panel game podcast for the curious American. This episode, heteronormativity and its discontents. It is, think again, my friend, a quiz show podcast to which you are listening. You are now listening to that thing that I just said. I'm Mike Sugarbaker. Will the panelists uh, introduce themselves to my left? I'm Brendan Atkins, and I promote sexual harmony. I'm Kristen McCurdy, and I'm the token female. Uh, I'm Tom Henderson, and I uh, left my tie at home. Uh, I'm Mark Bergo, and I can't remember who I am. <laughs> um, our topic today... Our topic today is heteronormativity and its discontents. I look forward to getting worse and worse at saying that as the evening wears on. Are we really just pitching the lowest common denominator again? What is, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm excited about is that we are again starting with a book. And I hope that this trend continues with, uh, with us. Uh, we've done it once before, at least. And, and I really feel like it's an emergent theme of the show. I was talking about this earlier, yeah. that the world of books, even just books in print, although we have a book now that is not in print, um, but the world of books is exactly as huge and filled with crap that you have to filter and ridiculous wrongness uh, as the self-appointed defenders of book culture like to tell us all that the internet is. Uh, and we have a book today that you, uh, Ms. McCurdy, you found this in, uh, in what circumstances? Um, I, was, uh, I was walking uh, with some friends who were visiting from out of town and uh, we were going to eat dinner and we got distracted by the fact that there was a box full of books on the curb. And there were many, many, many amazing books. <laughs> it was hard to choose just like the couple that could fit in my bag. There were some like out of print children's mysteries, et cetera, et cetera. But the one that I knew that I could not possibly live another day without was eugenics and sexual harmony. I'm sorry, <laughs> eugenics and sex harmony. Yes. And uh, this is a book that um, the subtitle is The Sexes, Their Relations and Problems, including recent fascinating medical discoveries, prevention of disease, and special advice for common disorders. Uh, the author is Herman H. Rubin, MD, author of Glands of Life, Glands and Health, member of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, the American Eugenics Society, <laughs> Eugenics Research Association, contributor to scientific and medical literature etc uh, I, I, he's, he's not jo- he's not he's not joking about the eugenics thing and um, he's way into glands he's really into glands uh, so the the first edition came out in 1933 the edition that I have is from 1937 um, and nothing bad ever happened for eugenics ever again <laughs> <laughs> well there were there were printings of this as late as 1946 and it was okay. used as a textbook in some uh, I believe, you know, elementary or middle school-ish aged, probably high schools, yeah. actually. Um, well, you were in high classes. school What? You were in high school by then. I will kill you with my hands. <laughs> um, it, was, it was used as a textbook. Somebody told, I found this somewhere. Somebody said it was used as a textbook in some places into the 50s. Um, so but something in what by a of member classes? of the Eugenics Society used as a textbook in America 
into the 50s. Okay, but a textbook at what level? I'm, I'm curious. I'm pretty I'm, sure it was used in my eighth grade health class, but that's just because my school district is broke and I don't think they've replaced their books in the least. <laughs> I would say they took place in Kentucky, but that would imply that there were books in the schools. So. <laughs> yes, now we, we, we had that book and the slideshow of horrible things that happened with VD that you leave untreated for 10 years. Hmm. We had that actually uh, in the health class I had to take in college. We had those same slides. You took a eugenics class in college. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, so land grant school. <laughs> it was in the women's studies department. <laughs> Indeed. Well, what do um, you expect from the beavers? Now, this, this book is comedy gold on every page. I almost wanted to just have a show where we just pass the book around and flip it to random pages. I'm sorry you can't see that Kristen just flips it open to a random page, which I'm pretty sure was uh, testicles and penis. Oh, uh, well, there, there was that. But that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense in a book about sex harmony. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, there's, a, there's a cartoon on the page I'm looking at right now, which is uh, a man who I think is blind, although he's also got, like, he's severely stooped. Maybe that's just because of the cane. I don't know. And then the children, you can't figure out exactly what's going on with them. There's two children. Oh, I can figure out exactly what's going on with them. Well, well... <laughs> That's because you read the caption, which says, The sins of the parents are visited upon the children. Syphilitic father and blind son. Whoa. Wait a minute. Why does the father have a cane and the son doesn't? <laughs> you and know? why are they both leading the little girl? <laughs> why do you think they got syphilis? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um... If you, if, would you like to take the first... Would you... <laughs> Yes, it's cheap on eBay. Would you like to take the first turn and just flipping and reading until you have to Well, I actually, I cheated because I own this book, so I marked some pages. Okay. This is a quiz show, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there will be questions. We're getting that, damn it. Okay. Uh, this is in a section about polygamy. Uh, <laughs> and this is, this is called Recognizing Polygamy Officially. It is for these reasons that scientists insisted it was actually necessary for certain countries to legalize some form of concubinage or <laughs> wow polygamy in order to recoup their population and to prevent the possibility of developing millions of neurotics <laughs> to fill asylums and sanitariums and to burden an already overburdened state with the expense of their care. It is significant that one of the first countries to legalize concubinage is Sweden, which, while it took no immediate part in the war, nevertheless has a disproportionate excess of females among her population. In Sweden, <laughs> concubinage... That's why all the bikini teams, right? Exactly. Yeah. Socially recognized, it may be officially registered and is based upon a legal contract signed by both parties to the contract in the presence of a public official. While the idea is aberrant to right-thinking individuals in Occidental countries, it cannot be waved aside as the silly vaporings of light-minded men or of women deficient in the modesty and delicacy that are part of the warp and woof of civilized women. If the white race is to replenish... <laughs> See, it was almost sounding liberal for a second there. It's horrible wastage. Or if the women of Europe are to be accorded the right to exercise functions implanted in them by a fecund nature. <laughs> so wait, that's basically saying that white people kill each other too much so we just need to fuck more? Otherwise, people will be neurotic and go to the asylum. Yes. Hence Utah. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> I, I've, I've already discussed in previous episodes of this podcast the the um, success of of the early Mormon missionaries in Scandinavia <laughs> and the preponderance of Jello. <laughs> I was not aware that there was also that we also have polygamy in common. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to lead off with um, one of America's lead lead off the question portion of things. I'm looking at Brendan while I say this. I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> with uh, something I found about one of America's leading uh, instruments of heteronormativity, the high school reunion. <laughs> um, this is, of course, the occasion every so often. You know, nobody wants to let you forget in your adult life um, how things worked in high school, because really how things worked in high school is how things work. So periodically you have to go back and see these people again and compare yourself to them and see how that you were doing. Uh that was a sentence. And <laughs> I literally, I, I'm going to tell an embarrassing story. Um, You're no. literally going to tell an embarrassing story. I'm sorry. I am going I'm to tell sorry. an embarrassing story. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was not a high school reunion, but it was a party that I went to of our a high school friend that I'd kept in touch with uh, shortly after college and saw, you know, one or two uh, friends of mine, women that I knew in, in high school. And, you know, they were, you know, had gotten into marriage and kids and they were just, you know, chatting about their lives. And I was, you know, living a aggressively single life, which makes it sound like I was screwing a lot. But I mean, aggressively <laughs> single, like aggressively nobody else is around. Um, like with sandpaper? Like people just came up to him, <laughs> tried to ask Mike out and got sucked in the mouth. Yeah, no. But, um, but the story is, the, the thing that I said... And I wasn't entirely joking, but she had just finished, you know, this this poor girl, Shelly, who just uh, finished some statement about her, you know, about where she was at in her life with her marriage and things. And I just had no way of responding. I, I was just kind of, I felt at a loss. And I just said, uh, I've had multiple sexual partners. <laughs> <laughs> and I was joking, but the joke didn't quite work, you know. Um as those kinds of jokes sometimes do. But um, to High School Reunion, there um, was recently, between 2003 and 2005, on the WB Network, a uh, reality show called High School Reunion, um, which for each season focused on a... Was it a musical a, by any chance? No, that was High School Musical. <laughs> but you see where I'm going with this. There has probably been High School Musical The Reunion by now, but there has not been High School Reunion The Musical. See, yeah, that's, kids are that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, High School Reunion would focus on a uh, different high school class somewhere for each season. And it would, and it would uh, really explicitly stereotype you know, various people in the class. And it would pick, I'll give you a couple of samples uh, from, the 19, from the class of 1987. It doesn't say where. Uh, here are just a couple of characters. And I want you to try to guess some of the labels. Not the names, but the labels. Although names for extra credit, what the hell? Um, <laughs> that these would come up with. It was uh, Deanna, the popular girl. Justin, the pipsqueak. Cat, the lesbian. <laughs> it's Cat with a K, of course. I think I know Cat, the lesbian. She's really? One of my good friends. All right. Um, so I've got a list of like 10 to 12 others here. And I want, uh, and I'll tell you when you hit one. So take some stabs. The basket case, the brain, the jock. Uh, there is a jock. Okay, Chris. Criminal. The, uh, the 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 rebel. 
yes, the rebel. The nerd. What? What? Uh, on a technicality, there's a geek. Okay. <laughs> the juvenile delinquent. Criminal. Not seeing that one. No. Uh, murderer. No. <laughs> the masturbator. No. <laughs> um. You're just describing yourself. <laughs> you know? Wait, is 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 it heteronormative to say the slut? Uh, it most yes. certainly is. That is not on this list. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I know. And I went there too. The trumpet, the tramp. Well, there, there is. Um, Give me there, something. In the oh, there is the class. heartbreaker. <laughs> there is the heartbreaker. There is the drama queen, and there is the stud. The free spirit. Oh, wait a minute. There's a stud, and there's no slut. I know, right? That hardly seems okay. <laughs> That's not. It. There's not even <laughs> yeah. at all. No, yeah. One stud and many sluts. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. There were six episodes of the show uh, entitled "Meet the Mustangs." Who Could It Be Now, Return of the Backstabber, Bros Before Hoes, Happy Birthday Steve, and Only the Lonely. I'm not sure why I find those as funny as I do, but <laughs> I kind of want to. I kind of want to see all of those uh, future become feature films. I mean, there already is. Yes. <laughs> also, the Maui High School Marching Band performed on the show. That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're pretty good. Uh, are, are they? <laughs> I was a marching band. They, they kind of fell off after their first album. When they <laughs> What's rough is when the Maui High School marching band has to compete against other marching bands. <laughs> and they take a bus to get there. <laughs> they, got vote, to they got voted the slut. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Kristen, I don't know if you uh, want to jump in uh, with a challenge question. Although, actually, before we get too much further, uh, there was something we wanted to cover. Oh yeah. So um, as the token female, um, and and as you know, like a feminist, I, I realize that one of my social roles is to tell people what they are and are not allowed to laugh at. So I've composed a short <laughs> list of things that uh, in December 2010, it is not okay to find funny. Okay. These are the following things which are not funny. Uh, WikiLeaks. Although the word WikiLeaks is pretty funny. That's what I was responding to just then. I don't even know if you could hear that on the mic. <laughs> the phrase gate rape isn't particularly funny, no. but coercing travelers into submitting to uh, genitally invasive search techniques, however, robustly funny. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's just one page. Yeah, it's like, wait, there's, <laughs> there's only one, two uh, things that aren't funny on that whole page. <laughs> Everything else in my journal is hilarious. Uh, so, the Gawker security breach of earlier this week, yeah, like a lot of content published by Gawker, not particularly funny. Uh, but the fact that spammers hacked into my late mother's email account last week, funny. No. <laughs> it's it's nice really to know funny, that she actually. still cares, even if it's only about my penis size. <laughs> <laughs> My dead dad doesn't give a shit about the size of my penis. <laughs> that's because he that's caused bullshit. it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he knows what you're dealing with right now. He's owned it. He's moved on. <laughs> he's achieved sexual harmony. <laughs> <laughs> However, he might he might want to interest you in a timeshare. <laughs> Eugenics still funny. <laughs> Are we really done with the list? Oh, yeah, there's also something about sudden infant death syndrome, unless the baby's wearing a clown nose, but anyway, uh, that's, that's huh. all I got. What about Sophie's choice? <laughs> Always funny. Yeah, this is kind of a time-sensitive list. I, I su- suspect that my whims may change, uh, you know, with the ebb and flow of my personal cycle. Yeah, but, no, um, you are a woman. 
<laughs> yes, yes, that's in what I was getting at. <laughs> in harmony with the moon. Uh, but basically, yeah, clown noses. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, the the new vanguard of heteronormativity for the next generation of Americans is, of course, the Twilight novels. I thought um, it was the Jersey Shore. That's um, those people will not be breeding. <laughs> um, <laughs> if this book has STD. anything to say about it, <laughs> STD induced sterility is that what you're counting on here? Okay. I, do you want to see some? Do you want to see some uh, illustrations? <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're uh, centerfolds. <laughs> All right, so to, to really put the hetero into heteronormativity, how many gay characters appear in the fourth Twilight novel, Breaking Dawn? Is werewolf gay? Oh, no. That's oh. No, I, I meant is werewolf itself. Is that... It's bi. No, it's no. Bi. Okay. <laughs> it's also Native American. Yes. Um, and so. you can't be two minorities at the same time, so throw that right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody knows that is a liberal myth. <laughs> My guess is 28. I say 28. 28. Yes. <laughs> Same days I'm as Kristen Cycle. Perfectly hoping. At <laughs> the, the end of the book, there's a pack that descends on both of them. Okay. Are you going with that guess as well, Mark? I'm going with one. You're going with one? Okay. Kristen? I'm going to go with none. Tokenism for the win. Kristen is correct. There are no gay characters anywhere in the Twilight novels. Um, but to touch on, um, I believe it was Brandon's point. Uh, no, it was uh, Kristen's point. Sorry. Um, how many homophobic jokes are made by white people in all four Twilight books? 28. <laughs> oh, style. Style points right there. Um, uh, guess from Kristen? Uh, I'm going to say 64. 64. <laughs> I'm going to say it depends on your definition of joke. Oh, <laughs> well. I want an example. Uh, well, I will bring that up shortly. Uh, the answer is no homophobic jokes are made by white people anywhere <laughs> in the four Twilight books. They are all made by the Native American werewolf characters. The ones who run around bare-chested and work out all the time. Yes. <laughs> And that switch back and forth from one to the other. <laughs> Who play for both teams? <laughs> but only when the moon is shining. <laughs> yeah. Who play for Team Edward and Team Jake? <laughs> I hate these parts of popular culture that I've never actually interacted with, but know intimately. Via osmosis, I know. <laughs> um, Brendan, it's time for you to ask a challenge question. A challenge question. All right. Let me haul out. The talking computer? Yes. I've, I've been studying you and your ways, but I don't know what a challenge question is yet. Uh, this is when one of our panelists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, has researched uh, a question and answer on their own, to which I, the host, have no access, and I become one of the question answerers. Oh. I don't have any of those. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, you can think of one in your head, I'm sure. Okay. I, I think one this one, either. I may have put too many hints in this one, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. Which famous third wheel wrote a collection of fiction called House of Incest that did not reveal her longtime sexual relationship with her father, but would have a posthumous journal published under the title Incest that did? <laughs> that works raised. beautifully on the radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, what's her face? It's not. It's not Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, okay. Then I'm. Uh, I don't have an idea. <laughs> uh, who Who is Anais Nin? 
Ding, ding, ding. Mm. Sweet. I yep. can't pronounce the I. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I love this. I think there's a tongue click in there. Somewhere. I love that there was. Click. That's right. There was a book That's called racist. House of House of There was a book called House of Incest that somebody thought did not reveal any incest. <laughs> yeah. Well, he thought it did. He he uh, knew the title was coming and then panicked apparently. Oh. And, and then, panicked and what? I don't know. <laughs> was sad, I suppose. Okay. I, I just want to tell another really, really horrific story. So, so like a year ago, uh, I was on Amazon looking at gift suggestions, and it was like these are good things to get. Like, these are good things to get for the guy who has everything, or these are good things to get for your brother, or these are good things to get for your dad. Is it Guess, sex with your brother? No. Twilight novels. Guess what book was on was on the list of good books to get for your dad? I, this is not a joke, by the way. Uh, House of Incest. <laughs> Mackenzie Phillips. No. <laughs> um, High on Arrival was the name of the book, and uh, it details her um, her allegation that she had a consensual incestuous relationship with her father, the late John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. Which is the best band name ever for this story? Uh, well, sure. <laughs> And also, clearly, the book you should all buy your dads <laughs> for Christmas. And then just stare at him coldly. <laughs> Why didn't you love me this much, Dad? <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, uh, which of the following is not a, uh, a bachelorette party gift? Speaking of um, heteronormative gifts. <laughs> um, which of the following is not a bachelorette party gift uh, recommended by and for sale at bachelorettepartyfun.com I've got to stop giving people free advertising um, alright start the changing.com to .ca oh <laughs> .org they're all non-profits okay um, okay, which of the following is is a is not a real gift and I might get myself in trouble here because I refuse to read this entire page uh, so it may be that I'll make up one, but it'll actually be here. You are, are going to get one pissed off email. I know, right? Bachelorette party fun ladies. Mm -hmm. Is it? We totally have that. No, I'm going to be I'm assuming it's ladies who run the site. All right. Is it pin the macho on the man in which a beefcake photo uh, with a target on it, not even just, you know, the full Monty on the poster, uh, but a target where you are supposed to pin a little cartoon dick? It's called the macho. Pin the macho on the man. Yeah, these are. I, they're not giving up for you know the same reason that they put a fucking target on the poster. They're not giving clear image of of the dicks. That's funny. I've always called mine the insurgency. Well, um. <laughs> Wait, so what does he look like before you pin the dick on? Is he like smooth like Ken? No, no, no. It's got it's got like a red and white striped target, just oh, superimposed. I see, I see, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought um, it was like on his face. <laughs> well, that's the protective gear to keep it from getting pinned. <laughs> is it? Uh, is it super sticky dick, which is just British uh, dessert, I think. Which is just a <laughs> cock and balls that's made out of like the the sort of rubbery stuff that you slightly moisten and then throw on the wall and then oh, it flops I down love the wall. That stuff. Yeah. Um, is it? As soon as you give one of these, it's not obsessively detailed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tip off. Or, or is it... Um, it's got veins and it's kind of... Is it... Or is it pick up dicks? Uh, which is a penis-shaped riff on the, the famous pick up stick. 
I'm going to go with pick and picks. I think okay. it was too brief. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the the middle thing you said. The the, uh, the super sticky dick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with pickup dicks because it wouldn't be as much fun to play at the bar. Okay. I'm going to go with the super sticky dick. Okay. Um, well, we all, what do we all believe in? We all believe in... Um, we all believe in the pin the dick on the Yeah, maybe. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll buy that. The macho on the okay, man. everybody buys pin the macho on the man. I, 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 I not only buy it, but I believe in it. I believe I've you know seen what I'm pictures saying. of <laughs> trends at bachelorette parties on Facebook doing the same thing. So. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, pin the macho on the man is real. Super sticky dick is real. Oh. Pick up dicks is real. I like it. <laughs> you <son of> a <laughs> I don't <laughs> score that one. <laughs> because because we're keeping very careful scores. Well, someday someone's going to have to go through all the podcasts and tally up the scores because I want to know how much I won That's actually a good idea. It's true. If, if any of our listeners want a no by. prize, get on that. Um, a free guest spot on the podcast and plenty of verbal abuse. <laughs> Uh, on the subject of bachelorette parties, uh, from bridesmaid101.com, uh, another, um, and now we're just dipping a toe into you know a pool that w- into which we may later dive. Uh, another popular American instrument of heteronormativity, the wedding. Um, I suppose they have those in other countries too. <laughs> no, not um, like we do here. But at least here in America, there is the maid of honor speech. Uh, at least according to this website, there is. I don't know that I've ever heard one. I've heard plenty. And okay. Universally bad. All right. Um, so this is uh, from Bridesmaid 101's Words of Advice. Um, if you are a person who uh, doesn't really like public speaking, they have a few suggestions for the kinds of uh, wedding toast ideas you might give. And once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple. And then there are several more from which uh, I'm going to ask for a guess as to um, what might be on the list. Uh, so the first two are stories of what the bride used to share with you about the groom when she first met him. Uh, a funny story from growing up together, presuming that you grew up together. Or how you and the bride met and how long you've both known each other. Uh, what else might we have, Mr. Atkins? Oh, uh... All I can see is pin the macho on the man. <laughs> it's staring you in the face. Uh, so these are speech ideas for what you might share. Um, there's one of them get really drunk and mention how uh, he's got a lot of money and she's awful pretty and well, that works out well. You know, it isn't. Um, Ms. McCurdy. Uh, get really drunk and talk about how you wish you could find something like the couple being honored has, but at least you have your cat. (laughs) Dom, do you have a guess? Uh, I'm going to go with get really drunk, cry, uh, and talk about whose dad slept with them first. (laughs) Oh, God. Mr. Burgo. Uh, How about uh, the time you, the maid of honor, got really drunk and slept with the groom and weren't that impressed, so you think it's really sweet that she married him? (laughs) (laughs) I love we got all these scenarios already in our minds. (laughs) I I may want to give partial credit to to Atkins and McCurdy because one of them is... The, and this is the whole idea given here for the toast. How beautiful the bride and groom look together. 
How does that? How does that even become a whole toast? I mean, every you guys are so hot. Can I just tell you? I mean, seriously, she has the best skin. And when I stare at Annalise's breasts, <laughs> I mean, I I've never seen a uh, maid of honor speech that didn't involve tears. Oh, okay. <laughs> But usually it's pretty sappy and dull, and they're less likely to be horrifically mean to the person they're toasting, so they're not nearly as fun and entertaining as the best man speeches can be. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of the others are um, talk about a funny habit of the bride that the groom will have to live with. Smiley. <laughs> Smiley. Um, of course. <laughs> Using emoticons first. <laughs> and, and wishes you have for the newlyweds, e.g. success, happiness, Many babies. Many. Many babies. Many babies. I wish many babies for you. <laughs> How much fun are women? I stare at Lisa's hips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we need to go to the book again. Pass me this book. Uh, there's another book on top of it. I don't know what that book is. No, you don't. Probably heteronormative, though. Tell me what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll come in later. It'll come in later, okay. maybe. I'm flipping I to page. To, but then everybody will know. Okay. It's a nice and little known sequel. Incest, incest, <laughs> oh, incest. <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful. All right. I've, and this is, again, back to Eugenics Low and Sex Harmony uh, by Dr. Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> Those goddamn Scandinavians. It's high. They do it high. <laughs> in Holland. <laughs> but please. In Holland... Special nurses are instructed in helping poor women. I, I think I should just stop there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Thomas, Tom was looking at this book earlier, and he would just he would open it, and there would be like a five second pause, and then he would go ah, and he would close it again. It's like the damn thing was poking me in the eye. And, and then he would push it across the table as if, as if. As if yes, it would stop poking you in the eye, or maybe maybe as if it were venomous and you you needed some space. I'm I'm, I'm not saying it's dangerous. It's just that there's demons inside it, and <laughs> they're loud and they jump out at you. <laughs> Quick, let's say Negroid. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, it's like mine on comfort zone. <laughs> what I want to know is what's being published now. That in 70 years is it going to make people scream and clutch their eyes? Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Glenn Beck has a heartwarming Christmas novel out. Oh, I do know. Yeah. Um, but all, all that happens to me when I look at this book is I start laughing too hard to keep talking. Well, it's no good for the I don't know, I, a radio show. I get. Yeah, I guess I'm just. Pass odd. to the left, sugar baker. Okay. Oh, 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 Brandon wants to turn right now. Okay. Ho ho. Read, read, pass. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Well, this makes sense. Hold on. And I pass it on the left-hand side, even. That's good. (laughs) Go ahead. Theoretically, whatever is right for a man to do should be equally right for a woman to do. Practically, this does not work out. (laughs) For the simple biological reason that following intercourse, men do not become pregnant. (laughs) He brings up a valid point. (laughs) It's true. Also, on the same page, this is proved by the words in the Bible itself. I'm just going to leave it there. No, I want to know which Bible verse he quotes. Uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, of naturally. If brothers dwell together and one of them shall die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall give in unto her and take her to him to wife. A lot that doesn't seem to have anything to do with what he's talking about. <laughs> oh. It's proof, though. Okay, gotcha. It's no, proof it's just, that, uh, you, you know, you might as well just... Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Hold on. 
Uh, across the a, hallway instead of crossing the street. A point of biblical clarification that I think many people miss out on. <laughs> Onan was perfectly willing to enjoy the seductive beauty of Tamar. But after he had experienced sexual gratification and felt the orgasm coming, he withdrew his penis and allowed his semen to fall on the ground. From which it will be seen that the story of Onan has absolutely no reference to masturbation. That's true. Huh. Whoa. I did not realize. I did so not really, realize so that. So really, so God was casting him down Indeed, for, there is no passage in the Bible for, that even hints that masturbation out. is sin. Well, yeah, well, I think he's, God's more upset that he spilled it on the ground and not on her chest. <laughs> or, Dude. Or, or in her eye. I mean, yeah, you know, they love the eye thing. Um, <laughs> by God, they, by God they, you mean God? God? Yeah. Hey, you know what I found out today? This is true. God loves free pie on Wednesdays. Oh, yes. Wait, who doesn't? <laughs> Exactly. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. Even even God, as it turns out, really likes to go to Sherry's. Uh, for those of you not in the Pacific Northwest, Sherry's is a, is a local chain. Uh, and they currently have a radio ad uh, uh, referring to the Pacific Northwest as God's country and uh, and pointing out that even God uh, likes, likes a free slice of pie on Wednesday. Wait, you're <laughs> free pie on Wednesdays? Yeah, I know. And, and you is know what? It, do you it's have Wednesday. to be God? <laughs> um yes yeah hi hey sherry's sherry's so free, yeah. more free advertising do we have, fuck are we doing? Do we have any questions on this quiz show <laughs> i have a question this is um a last question on on perhaps my favorite instrument of heteronormativity which is uh very difficult to find actual information out there on exactly what the causes are for this phenomenon but i found one um and wait for kids what? For kids? <laughs> no, the no, cause no. Of the this phenomenon is... known as kids, Mike, is. Well, no, Actually, why? No, I understand. That's a very the heteronormative uh, concept. I understand kids. why people want kids, but what I what I was looking for was why people specifically want grandkids. Because if you've had kids and you don't have grandkids, you've failed in your whole reproduction. Yeah, it's an iterative process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to make sure that, that it took. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the point of having offspring is to have reproducing offspring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this ruins my question, but... I'm sorry. I, this I, answer I is so sensible biology. that my question now has no basis. <laughs> All right, well, um, no, I'm going to ask it anyway because, uh, well, okay, this is from uh, Laura... We're actually here for comedy now. This is from... Sense. Yes. It's from Laura Carroll, who is the author of a book called Families of Two, Interviews with Happily Married Couples Without Children by Choice. Um, Where did they find these unicorns? Oh, it happens. <laughs> Probably in Portland. <laughs> and here's, um, and, and, you know, this question was, was put to her, you know, why do your parents pressure you to have kids of your own? Um, and I know I faked you out last time, but I swear to God, one of these is real. <laughs> one of these is the answer she gives. Is it uh, the lack of stress and pursuant boredom in the lives of aging parents triggers a developmental panic in the brain to stave off dementia. Okay. Is it say that one. I'm going to say that one. That's <laughs> Is it that uh, they have a that once their own children move out, they have a senior existential crisis and think that having grandkids will give meaning to their lives in their senior years? Or is it in fact the residue of sublimated sexual urges in older people? Go and see. I'm going with C because that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I can't bang, so you should make me grandchild. The range of your sexual partners has been limited. Um, I'm going to stick with A. You're going to stick with A? Uh, I'm going to go with C, but I think they probably watch. <laughs> <laughs> 
finally someone has said something more offensive than me. <laughs> the answer given in this article is that um, many parents and in-laws want their son or daughter and their respective partners to have children because they themselves liked the experience of raising children and want to be part of that process again, this time with their own children. However, their own senior existential crisis oh. can lurk underneath this desire. The answer is B. <laughs> So the lamest a, answer. There's a right answer and a wrong answer. Uh, it does happen from time to time. I know you're new here. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> they should be for the evolutionary biology reasons, but it's really oncoming senility. Jerks. <laughs> selfish. <laughs> selfish. More, more of a, a kind of a philosophical senility, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Is> the argument. <laughs> They're like, I can't afford a convertible, therefore, <laughs> grandkids. <laughs> Do we want? Does anybody who have who has not read out of the <clears throat> astonishingly Bible-looking book I want feel to take a turn? Like, I feel like I want to want to get over my fear at some point. Okay, but not now. Burgo's yeah. gonna go, and then and then we'll give you a shot. Perhaps after uh, Kristen tells us what this other mysterious well, yeah, book I is. Yeah, I need to find a. Okay, it won't take long. They're all winners, really. <laughs> in these cases, in which the traits persist after puberty, suspicion may well be aroused. If it should develop that the boy at the age of puberty still retains an abnormal fondness for doing fancy work, <laughs> or if coach exhibit a desire to dress in boys' clothing and to indulge in, indulge in boyish games, it may be well to make a physical and endocrinological examination of these children. For not infrequently, the entire trouble may be absolutely corrected by merely aiding the thymus gland to regress normally and allow normal development of the sexual organs of the boy or the girl to be completed. In which event, all traces of abnormal yearnings for those of his or her own sex will be removed and true heterosexual function will be restored. But the fancy work continues. <laughs> I'm so fancy grateful work. for this book for introducing fancy work to my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even, I even feel certain that I know what, I mean, what it means even though I have no idea. I mean, I'm reasonably certain I'm straight, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of fancy work. Pardon me, darling. I must have been sent to the parlor. And <laughs> Look, I want to prove my point by flipping the pages near the microphone. This is, this is what's happening. Just, just there. <laughs> just, just, just wherever. It's right here. It's right here. Demons. <laughs> totally demons. Is it safe to live on milk? Milk is an ideal food for infants. Also for adults, for and limited time, and under conditions which demand no great amount of physical exertion. As a steady diet for a hard worker, however, milk must be considered essentially a one-sided food, for milk lacks iron, phosphorus, and the nucleoalbumins, which lack inevitably predisposes to anemia and malnutrition. That's fine. I can read that. <laughs> oh. Who is pushing for this, forth this argument in the first place? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm being taught that we don't have to chew food into pap. <laughs> oh, food is the medicine of the future. What? Mm. Huh. Yeah, he, he, it's, and, and you see this often with people who are way the hell on the right is that sometimes they let their guard down and suddenly they're way the hell on the left. Well, well see, I, I don't think right or left really has any meaning when you're talking about someone 70 years ago. Well, yeah. yeah. In a modern I mean, frame of reference. Yeah, we, and, and, and a lot of the early feminists were strong supporters I mean, of uh, eugenics. I don't know. Justice I uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who was one of the great you know, progressives of the early 20th century, wrote the opinion legalizing forcible sterilization with the and ending his opinion with the quote, Three generations of imbeciles is enough. Yes. I don't know. There was that Glenn Beck episode about pap chewing. 
I think that, that puts this in a modern frame. <laughs> Wait, episode in what sense? Did he do an episode or did he have an episode? Is there a difference? Well. <laughs> um, Kristen, before we go, you have to tell us what that book is. Okay. Uh, so, so the book the book is uh, uh, Role Models. It's uh, John Waters' newest. He's written several several books um this is a book about people he has admired and it's also kind of uh his philosophy of life and um since we were talking about eugenics earlier um i i thought that i would share this passage about um about uh how how, how to choose a partner please or rather how how to deal when you, the partner you've chosen isn't um isn't isn't everything you thought they would be mm-hmm. which is always which brings us to the question thanks by the way <laughs> thanks <laughs> which brings us to the question if someone is a racist and really cute could you still have sex with them i had to admit the answer is yes i have <coughs> You just change the subject or shout la 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 la, covering your ears when he speaks his nonsense. If all else fails, stick something in his mouth to shut him up. (laughs) Aren't you from Idaho, the home of the most racist around? I'm going to say this quote spoke to me, okay? (laughs) On that note, I I have to add one last thing before we go. The last legal sterilization in U.S. history was performed in 1981. In what state was it performed? Gotta be Texas. Burgo? Oregon. I'm going Oregon. Answer is Oregon. Yep. (laughs) Coming to you from Portland, Oregon, it's Think Again, my friend. Thank you very much for listening. The show is produced by Kristen McCurdy and myself. Thanks very much to Tom Henderson, whom you can find at mathpunk.net and the uh, Math for Primates podcast. Is that still a going concern? Uh, we're, We're on a pause. Well, we do things. We do things. other things. That's where you're uh, working on your book. I'm working on my book, and punkmathematics.com is where you can find out more stuff about that. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much for being with us. There you go again with the free advertising. <laughs> well, he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he paid with a, with a chunk of his life that he will never get back. I was going to hang out at Sherry's. And we didn't. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> We're all going to get pie in a few minutes, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll eat all the pie. There's not much for the rest of us. Yeah, let's roll out for some pie. All right, thank you. Good night, friends. Not doing a sign-off this time? Uh, I thought we just did. Well, we didn't yeah, do a go-around for closing remarks. Oh, yeah. We, right. we still can. Do you have one? Did you feel strongly about it? I was just thinking about how I was born in 1981, so I think I was safe. <laughs> <laughs> Our theme contains elements from the album, Waves of Energy, by Synthetic Synergy. Our show is copyright 2010. All rights reserved. 